Hey everyone, Pastor Todd here at the chapel, and we are so grateful that you chose to join us for these very special Good Friday services. Uh, in just a few moments, Pastor Charles from our Norwalk campus and Pastor Ryan from our Port Clinton campus are going to lead us into a time of remembering and reflecting on Jesus' great sacrifice. Uh, you know, as we prepare for this service, we want to let you know that by the end of our time together, we're going to celebrate communion. And so we want to encourage you, even right now, to make sure that you grab some common elements. It can be bread, it can be crackers, it could be juice or water, uh, but just so that you have that ready so that you can celebrate with us together. I know that there might be some new people joining us even right now. And uh, if you're newer to the chapel or checking us out online, uh, we're so grateful that you would do that. And we'd love to hear from you. The simplest way for you to do that is just simply uh, send a text with the word new to the number that appears on the screen. And we just love to reach out. And because we value you checking in with us so much, we'll make a donation in your honor to our crisis fund, which is helping people right here in our community in the midst of these crazy times. As always, if you need more information, feel free to check us out at www.thechapel.tv or on our social media platforms. And we are so much looking forward to spending this time. Welcome to Good Friday at the Chapel. Sins. 
and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
You know, when Jesus went to the cross, he paid for all of our sins, including the sins of some of his closest friends. Friends who would desert him when he needed them the most. Friends who, who denied him, even when they said that they would give their life for him. Even friends who, who would ultimately betray him, handing him over to be crucified. Crucified for all deserters, deniers, and betrayers. In fact, in, in Matthew chapter 26, it says, On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And then it's just a few verses later that it goes on to say, Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous, dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day, but this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. And at that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. It says all of the disciples deserted him and fled. It was just a few hours earlier that the disciples agreed that they were all going to stick together. And now faced with the reality that Jesus is being arrested, they fled. They left. I mean, the leader that they had been following was apprehended like some, some violent criminal. And they thought Jesus was going to free them. And here he is being put in shackles. This didn't make sense to the disciples. This was not what they had signed up for, and they were filled with fear. Their leader had been taken, and I suppose they wondered if, if they were next. And instead of being filled with faith, they were armed with fear, and, and they caused them to scatter. They ran. They deserted their Savior. They deserted their Lord. You know, I, I think we can understand that fear. And if you can't, I, I, would, I would question your honesty. Because the same thing can happen in our lives. I want to trust Jesus. And I've even said that I would never desert Jesus under any circumstances. However, there's moments when God's plan doesn't seem to make sense. It seems confusing. And the results of what are happening aren't the same results that I am expecting. And so I become filled with, with questions. I become filled with, with fear. There are moments when all of this just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. There are moments when my own heart echoes the words from the hymn that we sing. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave this God I love. And yet Jesus, Jesus would eventually go to the cross and give his life a far greater plan than any that I could have ever expected. And his death would yep. be for everyone. It would even be for those who deserted him. So as we sing this next song together, I want to encourage you to think about this question. In what ways have I deserted Jesus? You know, his love for us, even when we're prone to wander, is so great. It is truly the love of a father. Father's love for us, how that 
are we deserters, but for many of us, it's much deeper than that. We are deniers. Look what Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 26, verses 31 through 35. Jesus says, On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, Even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, 
I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Before Jesus mentions anything about their denial, he actually offers them hope. Did you catch it there in verse 32? It says that after I have been raised from the dead, what Jesus is doing here is that he's reminding them that yes, he's going to be arrested and, and everything's kind of falling apart. But he's offering them hope. He's saying, when you scatter and you go back home, I'm going to meet you there after I raise from the dead. Peter, lacking trust in Jesus, speaks up. And he says, Jesus, I will never desert you. I don't know about these guys, but I will never leave you. I can only imagine how, what Jesus was thinking there. Thinking, Peter, you have no clue what you're saying. Jesus looks at Peter with love and compassion and he says, Peter, not only are you going to desert me, but you're actually going to deny me. Not once, not twice, but three times. Peter, once again, lacking trust in Jesus, making it all about himself, replies back to Jesus and says, wait a minute, I won't desert you and, and I especially won't deny you. I won't deny you. In fact, if it means that I have to die, I will not deny you. This vow motivates all the other disciples to say the same exact thing. And so now, what happens? Many of us know the story. Later in Matthew 26, we see that Jesus is arrested. The disciples are scattered. They flee. And we see Peter denying Jesus three times. He's in a courtyard and a little servant girl comes up to him and says, aren't you one of those that followed Jesus? And Peter denied it. Later, in the, in, by a gate, another servant girl comes up and says, wait a minute, you are one of those that followed Jesus. And Peter denies it. And then later on, with some other bystanders, they said, you are someone who followed Jesus. We can tell by your accent. Peter denies it. Right then and there, the rooster crows and Peter realizes what he had just done. You see, Peter lacks trust and faith in Jesus. Jesus offered him hope, reminding them of the resurrection, and yet Peter continues to make it all about himself. Listen, when we lack trust in Jesus like Peter did, we will eventually deny Jesus like Peter did. Think about it. We do it all the time in our physical lives as well. When an, a restaurant doesn't meet your expectations, you begin to lack trust in that restaurant and you literally deny that restaurant and choose to go to a different one. It's the same thing in our spiritual lives. When we fail to trust in Jesus, we will eventually deny Jesus. In our words, in our actions, in our allegiance, in our daily lives, when we fail to trust Jesus, we will deny Jesus. But here's the beauty of the gospel, is that Jesus still goes to the cross and he gives his life even for deniers. And so as we sing this next song, ask yourself, in what ways have I denied Jesus?
become thou fountain every blessing tune my heart to sing thy praise streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise and teach me some melodious song sung by flaming tongues above praise the mountain fixed upon mount of fire
to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Now, I can't imagine this. How could Judas do such a thing? How could he follow Jesus for three years, listening to Jesus' teaching, sensing Jesus' love for people, even witnessing Jesus performing many miracles, and then completely turn his back on him? I mean, Judas sold Jesus for 30 shekels of silver, money. Is that all the Savior is worth? Is that all Jesus is worth? Is that all that it was about for Judas? I mean, maybe it was a power play. Was was Judas building his reputation up with, with the political powers of the day? I mean, whatever the reason, this wasn't just deserting Jesus or denying Jesus. This was this was blatant betrayal. How could Judas do such a thing? You know, it's easy for us to point our finger at at Judas, and yet there's a Judas living inside of all of us. There have been things in, in my life that I knew Jesus was asking me clearly to do, and yet I outright betrayed him. There's been things in my life that I know I clearly sensed Jesus asking me to give up, and yet I have blatantly, knowingly held on to. This is betrayal. And it wasn't just Judas's betrayal that put Jesus on the cross. It was yours, and it was mine. And I guess here's the part that blows my mind. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, and yet he washed his feet. Jesus knew that, that Judas was going to hand him over to be arrested, and yet he served him a meal. Jesus knew that Judas was going to sell him out for money, and yet he went to the cross shouting, Father, forgive them. I want to encourage you to take a moment to reflect on this question. In what ways have I betrayed Jesus? I say, Father, thank you. Thank you for such undeserved forgiveness, for undeserved grace and mercy. May this truth never cease to overwhelm our hearts. Deserters, deniers, and betrayers, Jesus died for them all, for all of us.
And in a few moments, we want to take communion together. So I would encourage you now, if you have them, to pick up your elements. such a great reminder that Jesus gave his life away for you and for me. And we get to celebrate that together. And so if you take your first element, which is the cracker or the piece of bread that you grabbed, this is a symbol. This is a symbol of the body that Jesus took on for you and for me. His body that was broken and that he gave up. And so as we eat of this, may we remember the body that Jesus had. Let's do this in remembrance of him. And the second element is the cup. Whatever you may have in it, either water, juice, whatever it may be, this is a symbol of the blood that Jesus shed for you and for me. In Matthew 26, we're told that Jesus' blood was poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. And so let's do this in remembrance of him. Let us pray together. God, 
we thank you so much that you did give your life away for us. For those that desert you, for those that deny you, and for those that betray you. Even when we are faithless, God, you are faithful. And so may we be reminded of the great sacrifice that you gave to us. You gave your life so that many can be saved from their sins. This is all for your glory and honor. We pray this in your name. Amen. So glad that you joined us for our Good Friday services, and uh, we're excited about Easter, and we'll see you soon.